0: Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Peace to your family out there. How y'all doing out there? How y'all doing out there? Welcome into another exciting uh, episode on broadcast right here of Liberation Tabernacle Ministries. So I want to say Shabbat Shalom to all of my Hebrew families out there. This is your brother, priest, uh, Aria Yashala, Ariyah Yashala, in the house formerly known as Brother well, Sunray Nine. So I thank you all for tuning in right here for this broadcast today. Hey, I have another uh, exciting uh, class being brought to you this morning right here um, on Liberation Tabernacle Ministry. This is a recorded class that was actually done by Rabboni or the Rabbi, Dr. Malachi Z. York, Ill. Um, uh, and I played one the other day, but I want to play this one here uh, as well to give you some insight to more about the holy seed or the uh, pure seed of the tribe of Israel or Yashallah, as we say it in the uh, Paleo Hebrew or the Lashwan Kadash. Um, Yashalah, or we say in the true seed, but we talk about Judah. The tribe of Judah, the holy seed. Most of you know y'all heard the word Jew, and as I y'all heard me say on the show several times, there's no actual uh word or people called Jew that actually word came about by these Jewish or these people who the Ashkenazis and these of this nature who we see over in the land is called Israel now, uh made up name. But it was talking about a tribe which you know they call Judah. Or actually, because, you know, there was no J's at that time. So I'm, I'm using these time, uh, words interchangeable for your understanding or understanding. So, you know, it was a tribe that's talking about uh, Judah or Yahuda. So when you see even in the scriptures or in the New Testament, I would say, or the New Covenant, it talked about Jesus or Yahweh being the king of the Jews. It was talking about him being the king of Yahuda, which they call Judah in English. But I just want to put this clip here today. This class, magnificent class, well, the rabbi or Rabboni. And that's what his name were at the time, y'all, of his incarceration. And I'll be getting more into that as well, because that was one of the schools of thought as a Nawabian that we was in where the master teacher was teaching that we were the pure seed, the holy seed from the uh, from the tribe of Yahuda, which is they call Judah. But, you know, I don't know why the Nawabians, they flip the script now and they don't act like they don't know anything about it. But we're going to be getting into that. That's another whole subject. I want to get into that right now. But I want to bring you this class where he's talking about, uh, and this was entitled "You Negroes Are the Lost Sheep of the House of Israel or the Tribe of Judah." That's what this was entitled of while back. Uh, great class, so y'all listen to it. And even when you hear him talking about using the name Jesus, he's using that, um, you know, for reference's sake, because most people know that name, but we know that's a false name. Uh, it would be in the language dealing with the language. It would be, uh, or they said the paleo Hebrew or the Lashawan Kadash, it would be said, uh, as they say, Jesus the Christ in English, but they don't never say duh. They say, or D they say, Jesus Christ, they run it in all together. They run the title is Christ would be the Messiah or the Mashiach or, you know, Hamashiach. They run it all in together. That Christ word So they get you confused And that's done on purpose uh, But in English you know, In the Paleo-Hebrew Or the Lashwan Kadash It would be said Yehawashah Or some would say Even Yahshua Or Yahshua but, you know, that's that's what we get into, start getting into more of these type of things right here on Liberation Tabernacle Ministry. But I want to bring this, when y'all hear him saying Jesus, 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 just understanding, using it for English terminology, so the people who don't know the language or would not can be able to understand or overstand. But, you know, we say Yehoshua, Mashiach. And we're going to get into this, man. Y'all, man, check it out. Check out the class and uh, check us out tonight. We'll be back on live tonight. For a live Shabbat classes tonight. But enjoy this broadcast right here on Liberation Tabernacle Ministries. Yeah. Yeah, the black people, or as he called it right here at that time, Negroes, are the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he's going to go into breaking stuff down about Paul, man. Y'all got to understand this Paul person Is the originator of Christianity And we got more episodes coming up Dealing with this as well Right here on Liberation Tabernacle Ministry. I am your brother, Brother Ariah, Yasha Allah in the house Peace, enjoy this broadcast Shabbat Shalom
1: Good evening My question is coming from the 6th chapter of St. John Starting in verse number 53 and 54 then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Mm-hmm. The, the question was just to help me to kind of get a,
2: I don't understand it, it just. You should go to the, um, go to the upper room, section in the upper room, where, uh, with Jesus speaks with his disciples and they're having the last supper. That's the first time he says, take this bread and eat of it and, and drink this wine. But if you read on, you going to say, that he says the wine is the revelation. He says wine is the scripture. Later on, when the church reorganized, the wine became almost semi-cannibalism as they didn't understand what he was saying. They changed it around, and even in churches now, they use it in the form of communion to apply it to after the crucifixion, or while Christ was on the cross. But if you read the Bible, you'll find out that He offered them the bread and He offered them the wine before He even went to the cross, before He even met the cross, and He tells them right in there. You found a section? Yes. Read it for me. You'll see where it becomes. We're in
1: Matthew's 26, verse 26.
2: A lot of people get confused. It sounds like some form of crazy cannibalism. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. If you read the scripture you see what Christ is saying. It comes out totally different.
1: Matthews 26 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins.
2: See what he's saying? He's saying that this is the blood of the New Testament, right? And the blood of the New Testament is the life. Because in St. John chapter 1, he says, the life is the light in men. So he was trying to tell them. Because these people didn't have a scripture yet Except the old scripture They still were following the old law And he was telling them this is like a new covenant Through me And this scripture that you shall From henceforth receive Shall be the new covenant It is my blood It's based around my blood Around my suffering And a lot of people don't understand That when Christ says my blood Again they take it to the cross And Christ is taking it to his seed His blood seed, because he was seeking out that which was lost. He was trying to find the tribe of Judah, the lost sheep of the house of Israel only. A lot of people don't like that, and they want to take Paul and say, Well, Paul came to the Gentiles, and through Paul, they have salvation. But Paul does not have the power to go to Gentiles. And Christians will argue this point day and night because they won't go to the book of revelations chapter 11 verse 1 if Paul was indeed sent to the Gentiles like he claims and after Christ said go not into the way of the Gentiles but go only to the Lord Sheba house of Israel only I come to my own my own receiveth me not and different things he said well read revelations chapter 11 verse 1 now remember all of Paul's writings and all the other Gospels, the four synoptic Gospels, were already revealed, already complete. The last book in the Bible of the book of Revelations and that was revealed between 96 and 98 in the hours of Patmos while John was incarcerated. You remember that? And every other book was finished. So anything Paul said in Hebrews or was said in Corinthians or in Colossians or in any other books were already completed. You got that point? Now listen with John, and remember how important this John is, because in the book of John, Jesus refers to John as his beloved. Remember that. And also remember that when James and Barnabas was trying to take Paul back to Jerusalem and leave Antioch, where they were insulting his Jesus' followers and calling them Christians as an insult in Antioch when they was telling Paul, we have to take you back to the old disciples so that they can test your spirit to see whether you are of God or not, because many false prophets are going into the world. Paul ran away from them and would not go back to meet John, who Jesus Christ called his beloved, one of his own. Now read the 11th chapter of Revelation. Let's hear what John says after everything Paul said, and see what comes up.
1: And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles,
2: See, right there, John, son of Zebedee, is making it very clear that they're interested in the tabernacle of God, the seed of God, the holy seed from which Christ came through from the line of David, not through Solomon. Like many people would like to make you believe, Solomon sinned, according to the book of Israel, by mixing his seed. It came through the first son by Haggaiah and Adonijah. And it came on down, and then Jesse messed up the seed, and went and married a Canaanite, and had two children, and those two children died. And then God again gave Judah to marry Tamar, and give birth to two more sons, and then Peleg carried the seed on down. God is trying to keep the blood of the house of Judah not the house of Israel the house of Israel had already fallen out of God's grace by violating the commandments of God not to mix their seed amongst the Canaanites who had mixed their seed with everybody he was keeping the blood pure so that the spirit of Christ could get into the body God cannot go into an impure body and if you read the books of Israel you'll find it constantly tells you how Solomon sinned because he married daughters outside the house Tells you about people defiling the blood of God. So Christ is not talking about just the blood of on the cross. Christ is talking about the blood of the family of the seed of the woman that's been in conflict with the dragon called the serpent of the in the scripture since Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where the devil will attempt to bite you at your heel. Symbolic of the dragon which becomes in modern day the Dracula that will try to get their venom into your bloodstream and try to get their genes into your genes and destroy the God or the holy seed. The word holy in the Tanakh or Torah is Kodesh and it means to be pure, to be something that's not diluted, something that's sure and certain and clean. And God was telling you from all the way back to Eve even Adam's seed was defected and then God perfected it again in Seth. God says, you have given me a son instead of Abel. And then that seed was perfected and then it started to go bad again. And all the way from Genesis to this day, God has been trying to keep the seed holy. When the children of Israel had formed the city of Jerusalem under Solomon and Zadok, then God sent Adonijah south and he set up the city of Judea. And he had Asher with him, Benjamin with him, Dinah, which is the only daughter, and he had Dan with him. And that was the seed of Judah. And they went down and set up the city of Judea. Solomon, if you're reading Kings, kept attacking the city. They migrated further down and migrated. And Benjamin stopped and set up what's called Yemen today. Ben Benjamin just means son of my right hand. His first name was Ben-Ami, which is son of the Egyptian god On. But then they changed his name to Benjamin. Son of my right hand. That's the city of Yemen. And then in those other tribes, Dan moved up into Africa, came known as the Danakal tribe. The Philistine tribe is coming from Memelik, the son of Solomon, by Bathsheba. And they came down and went into Ethiopia and became known as the Philistines. All of these are Negro tribes, the holy seed. The seed of Judah. Now, there's a lot of other people in Israel, many other races. Don't get me wrong, it's not a racist statement, it happens to be a biblical fact. There are many people in our seed because we have mixed our seed with Canaanites, Ammonites, Moabites, even though Moab and Ammon come from Lot, they come through incest which defiled the seed and violates the Levitical law. So Ruth was really of the Moabites and now was a corrupt seed. So someone married into Ruth's seed, they also was married into a defiled seed. And God, like I said, was trying to keep it pure. So they moved us down out of the Holy Land all the way down into the land of Judea. They kept attacking us in Judea, so we moved further down and moved up into Ethiopia. The tribe of Dan moved up and became known as the Danakal tribe. Later on, the Danaku mixed in with another tribe of Judah called Huda or Yahuda, and they became known as the Hendendower. The name Huda or Hadi that you find used as Mahdi or Mahadi is the exact same word as Judah. And that tribe mixed together and they formed the Danagla. And those people have found the way the Bible describes them in ancient time as Kush, which is Ethiopia, as Ham, which is Sudan, as foot, which extends from Libya all the way over to Algeria and you'll find all of those families in that area, those are your original tribes in Midzame, which is called the original Egyptian. Before, as he said, the Canaanites snuck into Egypt and set up a ruling class that kept the children of Israel in captivity for four hundred and thirty years, as opposed to the Sodom in Egypt which you're in now. And you'll be in bondage for 400 years, which is spoken of in Genesis chapter 15. Says, "No of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that's not theirs, and they shall serve them 400 years." When you get to the end of that verse, it says, "Because the iniquities of the Amorites are not yet full." And the Amorites was the sons of Canaan. The Egyptians wasn't the sons of Canaan. The Egyptians were the sons of Cush and Ham. And when you look up the word Cush, you get the word Habashia or Ethiopia. Or you get the translation of Cush meaning dark skinned. You look up the word Ham, you get the same thing. Burnt Hammon, burnt dark. These were all Negro tribes back in Noah's time. Noah's family and all of them were Negroes. Abraham, the reason why he kept going to Assyria and Egypt, is because when you check the family of Abraham out, Abraham or Avram was born in Chaldea or of Chaldea. But he was Assyrian. You'll find his family from him to Nahar to Leban. They say Leban the Syrian. So Abraham was a Syrian. The language you hear spoken Arabic today comes from that ancient language Syretic. That language that the Arabs made the thing they're speaking up today from a variety of different dialects of other cultures. Some Hindi from Ordu is mixed in it. Some Turkestan is mixed in it. Some... Uh, what do you call it? French is mixed in it. In Morocco, some Latin is mixed in it. But the original language of the Bible, Ashurik, and the language that Jesus spoke was Arabic or Galilean Arabic or Nazarene Arabic. You follow? Abraham's seed was those original Syrians. God was trying to perfect it to Abraham again. By the time he got past Noah, and inside the ark, Canaan was born in Elbino, which is where they get the word from the Caucasus Mountains called Abras, which is a Hebrew word and an Arabic word, abrasa, meaning leprosy, right? Those same people came down out of the mountains and mixed their seed. That was the tribes of Canaan, just going around mixing their seed. One of the things they brought with them is their obsession with flesh. Check the three histories out. You'll find that you have what's called Beijing, which became known as Peking, where they get Peking man from. And that is an oriental. That's a caveman. That's one type of man, and I'll get into that. Then you have the Neanderthal man. The Neanderthal was found up in Germany. The Neanderthal man is the Caucasian. See, that's called also a cave man who lived up in the mountains in Europe. Then you have down in Kenya and in Ethiopia and in Uganda. The difference is that the people down in Kenya, Ethiopia, and Uganda under Lucy were vegetarians or veggies. The people up in Neanderthal, it has been proven, Right? were carnivorous and ate flesh. This is why so many diseases are in the body today. Because so many people have followed after the way when the Caucasians came down today. And even today, they eat flesh. Now, when I go over to the Mongolians, or what you call the Asiatic people, which are from Peking, man. Then you get into people that eat almost anything. They eat bugs, snakes, dogs, cats, anything. Different ones. There's the ones that ate flesh and... The ones up in Neanderthal didn't just eat what they call cow, bull, ox, and goat. They ate people as well. The word, that cannibal word comes from them up in that area. And today there's still records of them, still people eating each other like Jeffrey Dahmer and this other fellow they just recently caught was eating a bunch of young boys. It's still in the gene. You can't get it out of the gene. So God was trying to keep his seed pure of that. From coming all the way down to the family. And that's why they keep speaking about the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. But they don't just leave it there. They say blood of Christ, seed of David. And they want to make it clear that they're not talking about Suleiman or Solomon or Shalomon Who had sinned before God by mixing his seed with people. Get back to Revelation 11. When it talks in Revelation 11 about counting the people. This is a second counting. For the new Jerusalem. Because there was another counting years ago, which the brother's going to read, when Israel was trying to get back into Jerusalem after they came out of the captivity of the Babylonians and had mixed their seed terribly with the Canaanites. And when they tried to move back in the city, the priests stopped them and said, you people cannot come in the city because you had committed the sin of mixing your seed. And they only let Judah and Dan and certain tribes back in. And most of the tribes of Israel were forbidden because they were no more. They later went on and became known as Jewish. A word that didn't pop up until 1514. That's the first time the word Jew or Jewish was used. In the year 1514. Anytime you find it in a book before that, it's a conspiracy. So when you find it in the New Testament where Christ says, I know the blasphemy of them to call themselves Jews are not. The word Jew could not have been there because the word wasn't created until 1514. He was saying, I know those who are of the tribe of Judah and are not. Because a lot of us had to what? Defiled our seed and mixed our seed. Some by will and others by force. But in order for God to manifest, for He says, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for He is flesh in Genesis chapter 6. So God moves by putting his breath or spirit or life into your body. And he says, I breathed into man the breath of life and man became a, I breathed into him of my spirit and became a, but man now is void of God and void of God's spirit because his vessel, his temple, his tabernacle is unclean. So John, son of Zebedee, after the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had already gone your father and was destined to return reminds the children of Israel and reminds them right there in revelations it's time to do another counting but you notice that he adds he says a reed and a rod why because we're going to start counting people by their genes and some people will have to be dealt with by a rod because they're going to stand and say I'm of the tribe of Israel Just like it says in our Bible, people are going to say, didn't I heal in your name, Jesus? And Jesus is going to tell them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of iniquity. Why? Because these are people that are following Paul. And Paul is one of the three frogs mentioned in Revelation that comes out of the mouth of the dragon and has the devil as a companion and false prophets speaking for them. The three frogs is Paul, Titus, and Cyrene. Those are the three Romans that were propagating a new form of Christianity that said you do not have to keep the law. When Jesus says in St. John chapter 1 verse 17, the law came from Moses. The law came from Moses, but grace and truth comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus also backed up by saying, I did not come to but to fulfill so when Paul comes along and says no we don't have to keep the Shabbat No, we don't have to be circumcised no we don't have to do this no what he is doing is creating another gospel and when he starts talking about Jesus Christ the way he does in metaphysics instead of reality then we're now talking about another Jesus the Jesus he's talking about is found in Acts also he is called Simon bar Jesus That's the one that they're worshipping today. Who's called a Jew, a false prophet, and a sorcerer. A one who works of magic and mesmerizes a whole town of people. Uh, El Maras, they call him. A learned one. This one is the one Paul is propagating. Paul don't want to teach about the Jesus as found in Revelation chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. He don't want to talk about that Jesus because that Jesus is described as a Negro. It says, hair like lamb's wool, feet like brass, fine brass, blemishless, as if it's been burnt in a furnace. They don't want to teach that. They want to teach an image of a beast. And then they want to give that image life. And don't call it racism. They call it racism if I say Jesus is black, but it's not racism when they go against the words of the Bible and put up a white image or Italian image or whatever other image they want to give when God gives a description of his son in the book of Revelations. I have yet, as I watch the Word Channel, to ever see one of those guys go to that verse and try to explain it. That's right. They will run around it, jump over it, step over it, get around it, but they won't go nowhere near it. And there's good reason. Because it says in the book of Revelations, in the 13th chapter, that they are going to take the image of the beast. You with me? The image. That means a drawing, a statue, something that's lifeless. And they're going to give it life. It says in the Bible. So that it will be able to walk and talk. Now how do you do that? When you go back to Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo, and they're responsible for drawing these... Concepts of God and Jesus as other than what the Bible describes. And then by the time you leave them to now, we got movies of Jesus. And these movies now are actors who are American or British or whatever, Caucasians, acting like Jesus. They took an image which was lifeless and they gave it life and made it able to walk and talk that it may deceive the world. And that you will love the image of the beast and no longer love your own image. That you won't want to be you. That you won't want to be what you look like. You want to look like other than yourself. You don't want to be in the image of God because God says in Genesis, I created man in my image and after my likeness. But yet when Christ comes and says, when you see me, you see God, Romans got mad. Mixed Jews whose seeds have been corrupt got mad. Why were they mad at that statement? Look at it again. Genesis says, I created man in my image and after my likeness, God says that. So man looks like God. And then Christ says, when you see me, you see the Father. And then when I read Revelations, I get a description of Christ. And then I know why the Romans didn't like it.
1: That's right.
2: Then I know why they wanted to kill him. That's right. And I know why they hated his disciples. That's right. Your father, and they key in on it because in Matthew 15, a woman comes out of Canaan, a Canaanite woman, comes up to Jesus and tries to get Jesus to heal her. And the Bible says he ignored her. That's
1: right. That's why did he right. ignore her?
2: He ignored the same reason why God told Cain, I'm not going into the land of Nod. Because those people over there are evil. So God ignored the woman again in the flesh as Jesus Christ because he knew that she said what? My daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. Jesus did not heal the woman. He told her by her faith was she healed. Because the disciples said send that woman away. Why would Jesus' disciples... Men are supposed to be so nice. Men are supposed to be so loving. Men are supposed to be so kind. In the presence of such a wonderful, illustrious person as Jesus Christ, not want to talk to a woman. Why would they even walk up to Christ and say, send that woman away? Is that the pattern of the disciples? No. Do you see that anywhere in the Bible? No. No, because this woman was a Canaanite. And Jesus said, said, you twelve, go ye to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only go find my people and when he went to Nazareth amongst his own people and the people of Nazareth called Nebulas are Negroes I was there when he went there and lived amongst his own people they stoned him so you know what he said I came to my own and my own receiveth me not but as many as do Not as many in the whole world. That's not what it says. As many of them that do, to them I give the power to become sons of God. And when he says the sons of God, now you're back to the most important point the brother's trying to reach. Ears to the kingdom of God. Ears. We are God's chosen people. The tribe of Judah. The lost sheep of the house of Israel We have been scattered from Puerto Rico To the Caribbeans up in London You can find where people are We've been scattered Like God said I'll scatter you across the earth But Christ came to gather that Or to find that which was lost He was in Jerusalem Am I not right? That's right He was right in the city of Galilee He was in the city of Nazareth In Bethel He went all over the cities But how could a man Listen close? How could a man like Christ be there in all those cities and then say, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house? of"? How could the people still be lost if he's with them? If he's standing in Jerusalem with them, how could they possibly be lost? Because he was seeking out the Negroes That's right. like himself and saying, you are the holy seed. This ain't racism. This is the Bible. That's right. I mean, if you call it racism because you want to be God and you want me to be subject to you, So as long as Jesus was lily white in all the churches and all those crosses, that was okay. But when now we're in a day of computer and sciences and archaeologists excavating and finding bones, BBC went over there to Nazareth and dug up bones and found out in Bethlehem of Judea that everybody in that village Jesus' age were niggers. That's right. Nigger's not a bad word. Nigger's not a bad word. Nigger's right in the books of Acts chapter 13. Simon, Jesus' brother, is called Simon the nigger.
1: Right.
2: and if you look in the back of the Bible under nigger for Greek you get black skin and that was Jesus' own brother that wasn't the one who helped carry the cross that's a whole nother myth necessary to make it look like oh let the negro help carry the cross it's a subtle racism that they keep sticking to whom? to Paul Paul is a liar and let me tell you why because Paul says when he was on the road to Damascus he saw a bright light that's right. and what was the end result of that? He was blind, right? 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 Alright, so now. Then he says there was two other men with him. And they saw the bright light. Yet they escorted him into the city. Now why wasn't they blind? And then another place when he caught that lie, he said, well they didn't see the light. (laughs) But they just heard the voice. But Paul didn't live during Jesus' time. So Paul wouldn't recognize Jesus' voice. So another time he said, well I heard not the voice, but I did see the light. Because if someone would have said to him, Paul, how would you know, that we didn't have tape recorders back then, how would you know that that was Jesus and not Satan talking to you? You didn't know Jesus' voice, you didn't walk with Jesus, you didn't talk with Jesus, you didn't break bread with Jesus, you didn't sup with Jesus, you opposed Jesus' followers. You took pleasure in persecuting Jesus' followers. What's wrong with the world now is John, son of Zebedee, also, in the three epistles of John, tried to warn us about an antichrist that was living then, not future. He said, antichrist is with us now. And Christ said right there in Matthew 24, Many are going to come in my name and say, I am Christ. They're not going to say they're Christ. They're going to say he's Christ. And Christ is going to tell them, I don't know you. What is he going to say? I don't know you. And then what does he say? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And what did the disciples tell that woman? Get away from us. Depart from me. They're telling you who they're talking about. All these rich evangelists running around making all this money and jumping all over the place on television with millions of dollars and laying on their hands and knocking people down. Show me one place, one place in the Bible where Jesus Christ put his hand on somebody and knocked them down. One place, I watch them on TV and have these steps in the front of churches and folks are coming up throwing envelopes of money down on the stage. If I recall right, the Lord Jesus Christ was upset for people exchanging money in his father's house. And if those are supposed to be houses of worship and churches, you're not supposed to exchange money there. So, this is why you've never seen In all the 30 years that I've been teaching you, you've never seen us pass out no plate. Because if you pass out a plate, you're going against what Jesus said. And if you're following Jesus, you must obey him. I don't care about the money. Because whoever God is for, no one can be against. (laughs) You will get the money. God will take care of you. He will build his own kingdom. Your father, Those people are working with the antichrist. And they got the television swarm with the image of the beast. They got movies. Every year they got a new Jesus. A new actor. Making sure they take a dead image, a still image, one created way back there, and give it life. And they even have it walking and talking on big screens. Like the Bible says they would. The same thing they said about the prophets of the fig and the olive. It tells us in the Bible, the fig and the olive, they said, their bodies shall lay in the street for three and a half years, and all eyes shall behold them. This was said 2,000 years ago before there was TV and satellite. But now when we look on television, we see the figure and the olive. The figure is Moses and the olive is Muhammad. You follow? If you check their books, you'll find that out. Zechariah talks about it and it's also in the Quran, also. And we see the blood of Arabs. or people call themselves, I can go there too if you want me Arabs and Palestinians and Jews, their blood is in the street and people all over the world are looking at television now. You see them bodies laying in the street. The Bible ain't made no mistake. That's a prophecy of 2,000 years before a television or a video or DVD was even created. God already knew one day you'll be looking at a screen in America and you'll see bodies of dead prophets in the street in Jerusalem. You can't get away from the word of God. What you got to do now is get back online with God. God. Because Christ is coming, your father, to give you and make you ears to the kingdom of God. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>